Welcome to Sparking Genius, hosted by the Dwight Global Network of Schools, a podcast series exploring what the future of education holds. This is Sparking Genius. I'm Deanne Drew, your host, as well as Head of School at Dwight Schools New York and Global Education Director for the Dwight Network of Schools. Over the past several years, a new way of learning has swept through the world, online learning. First, it was born of necessity due to COVID lockdowns, but now it's taken on a life of its own as a powerful teaching tool. While there have certainly been challenges associated with online learning, there have also been tremendous opportunities and exciting advancements, allowing students to blossom in ways we could not have imagined before. Here today to walk us through the fascinating world of online learning and how it's affording teens options to learn and thrive in other areas is head of Dwight Global Online School, Louisa Childs. Louisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deanne. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today on Sparking Genius. It's fantastic, and we're really excited about what you're going to share with us today. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about your role as head of Dwight Global Online School? So I became the head of Dwight Global Online School in 2017. At that time, we had 20 students and they were fantastic students located mostly in the United States. And now in 2023, we have almost 400 students located in 30 U.S. states and over 30 countries around the world. Many of you may know that Dwight Global Online School is what we call the cloud campus of the Dwight Schools Network. Deanne, you know well that Dwight has campuses in New York, London, Shanghai, Seoul, and Hanoi, and Dwight Global is our online school. So we bring Dwight's mission of sparking genius in every child to students wherever they are, even if they don't have access or cannot access, or it's not convenient to access one of our bricks and mortar campuses. Well, as you've just mentioned, Dwight has these brick and mortar schools around the world, but the online school, the offering of in-person blended but online options, can you speak about the differences between these various options and what place does online learning have in a traditional brick and mortar school? Gosh, you know, that's such a great question. And I think if you would have asked me this question five years ago when I first started, I would have given a completely different answer. But just to give, you know, everyone kind of an overview. So, of course, there are students who take all of their classes online. They start with us. You can start in sixth grade. Some schools start earlier and they do their complete course of study online. They connect with online teachers. They connect with their peers. This is all done through technology wherever they may be. Of course, that gives them a ton of flexibility. There are also students who may attend a bricks and mortar school and they do some of their classes online. And this can be a fantastic option for a student who wants to preserve that bricks and mortar experience, but also needs flexibility. They may be a top athlete or a top dancer, or they may, may be an actor and they need to leave school every day at a certain time. So we call those students um, blended students. And I'll say that, and I know Deanne, you and I will probably talk about this in a, in a few minutes, but I'll say that 
There are a lot of teachers, even in bricks and mortar, who are now taking some of these elements of online school that we learned about through the pandemic and that, you know, people got excited about despite the many challenges of that time and have actually brought them in the classroom as well. So what used to be a very divided world of online and bricks and mortar has become more fluid. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The pandemic brought about a lot of challenges, but also some silver linings. By going into lockdown, everyone really had to adjust to this very new reality. And it has changed that perception of how education is now received in many different formats. How exactly did lockdown impact the realm of remote schooling that you were facing back in March of 2020 and onwards? So it was, Deanne, an absolute transformation. And of course, it was such a terrible and awful time for so many reasons. But as far as online education, we saw tremendous education and that tremendous innovation. And that's because we had to innovate. And those innovations were challenging. And we we saw some of the negatives and some of the setbacks and some of the things which didn't go well. I'll tell you, we also saw what was possible for the future. And just being in an online school, which had been around from you know before the pandemic, we went from being a bit of a niche to feeling more mainstream. Prior to the pandemic, there were visionaries in education who were pushing online education forward. And there were pioneering families, you know, with special situations, and they were looking for a solution that online education provided. But I think after the pandemic, we have students who realized they liked online learning. We have families who have a unique situation and they now see the potential. And, you know, we really have teachers who, you know, you're either teaching who didn't like online learning and but many teachers did. And we see those professionals really drawn to the space, continuing to innovate and really continuing to push it forward. Yeah, I totally agree. And I I also see how it provided this doorway for access into a realm that parents and teachers and students just hadn't considered before. Can you talk a little bit more about what are the other silver linings that came out of this sudden shift from the pandemic to online learning and and how that's impacted what you're doing now? I'll say in the faculty that we hire, we, we never knew before. Teachers were interested in online education. They wanted to dip their toe in, but very rarely did they have the kind of experience that, of course, now so many teachers around the world have had an online education. And what teachers collectively did in terms of innovating in the space was just absolutely tremendous. They come together as faculty to discuss issues and and grow and, you know, stay up to date on the latest teaching practices. And they love, they love connecting with our students online. And we hire them, in fact, because they are so skilled at connecting with students online. What we realized is that it's not about the technology. If we are doing things well, technology is a bit of an afterthought. Of course, we need technology, but it's about the people. It's about the Dwight educational philosophy. It's about our students all around the world, and it's about bringing those together. And what I hear again and again is that parents and students are surprised 
by the fact that they are stepping into an online community. It's not an isolated experience of interacting with a, you know, some some slides online. It's connecting with peers. It's debating ideas. It's, you know, messaging that teacher that you need extra help in a topic and then jumping on a Zoom meeting to go over, you know, a difficult math question. It really starts to take on the feeling of a traditional bricks and mortar school. And just just finally one last point and and stop me when you're ready, but access is such a tremendous promise of online education. And you see educators all over the world realizing that with this technology, we're able to bring our students and teachers together from all over the world in a way that was practically impossible before. Bringing students together who are living in two different parts of the world, which may see an issue very, very differently. Having them together in the same classroom is easier online. So I think just the realization of, of some of the potential is going to be going to be a real silver lining. Yeah, great to hear all those various angles that you've noticed as an educator. I've certainly had conversations with you and other educators about how teachers have made a massive mental shift to seeing the benefits of online learning. And quite frankly, without the pandemic, I do not think educators would have made that massive shift in understanding what online learning can bring to their teaching and and learning tool set, but also seeing what students can achieve. So interesting segue here, who is the right child? for online learning and parents when they're thinking like, could this be right for my child or an older student thinking, maybe this is what I want to do. Can you share from your experience what you believe as an educator, having really run Dwight Global for a number of years now, which student would do well in what is considered still, even with coming out of a pandemic, a non-traditional setting? You know, it's such a great question and it's such an important question for families. It's a question which we are grappling with and talking about with families all the time. But if I were to sort of say, okay, what are some common characteristics and categories of the students who are drawn to online school? It may be students who are extremely bright. They're interested in accelerated academics. They want to move faster than their local school allows. They come to online school for that flexibility and for those additional classes that may not be offered in their school. We have students who are pursuing a passion outside of school, which is extremely time consuming. So these are uh, top athletes and dancers and actors and entrepreneurs. And these students use online school because they're looking for flexibility to travel and practice perform and compete all around the world, just kind of continuing through what we often see, we have students whose families are traveling because, you know, if a work situation with mom and dad, they may not be in the same place. They may be suffering from, they may have been, you know, experienced a disaster, you know, something terrible way that, where they live and they, they may not have a consistent place where they are for a given period of time. And for them, online school becomes a consistent education. It's something which is which maintains that stability and that presence wherever that family 
may be. And then I would also say we also see students who may be having some sort of issue with the local school. Something isn't quite right. Maybe they didn't enjoy the social elements of that school, or perhaps it was they live in a remote area and it's too far away. Or it may be that they have a, a physical condition or illness or uh, a mental illness, which which makes going to physical school difficult. If you're a family and you think, well, online school could be the right option for me, then my advice is to consider it and do your research. Um, one, one other silver lining that came out of the pandemic is that there are a number of online schools all over the world, and they are not all the same. They have different personalities, different pedagogical approaches, different levels of support, different levels of flexibility. Some, like Dwight Global, offer in-person opportunities. Others are purely online. You know, there's just many, many differences. When we started Dwight Global, the idea really was to take what is so phenomenal about our rigorous Dwight schools around the world and translate that into the cloud. So one thing we focus on tremendously at Dwight Global is academic excellence and rigor and really providing more of a traditional academic structure for our students. So we have regular deadlines. Um, students are expected to attend Zoom classes. And those are, those are aspects of our school that we are incredibly proud of. But I also know that it's not what every family is looking for. And you may be a family and you are looking for maximum flexibility. And you really want to be able to, to plan your learning within a two-month period versus a traditional school year. You don't want the structure, the imposed structure of that regular class attendance. And that's always, that's always a, you know, a big question for a family. Are we looking for what is, you know, a traditional academic experience online? Or are we looking for something which is incredibly asynchronous, incredibly flexible, very much self-paced? Yeah, totally true in regards to whether it's a traditional or non-traditional setting, and I know online is still considered that non-traditional setting, it comes with such an array of students coming into that environment and also the opportunities available are so different, like the bricks and mortar. So families really need to investigate very carefully what kind of online school they are looking for and how much support what do you often say to parents, and I think you get this question a lot, just like I do as a head of school, about what will make my child successful in an online setting like Dwight Global? My guess is that my answer is similar to yours. You know, of course, when I think of our most successful students, they are persistent and resilient and curious um, they're well organized and, you know, they have fantastic time management skills, but not all students come in with those traits. And it's our job as educators to work with students and with families to build those traits in the young people who we work with. The number one trait, and, you know, I've seen this over time, is that the student wants to be there. This is something I think that anybody who, you know, went through COVID with a child at home has seen that. If a student doesn't want to be in that school environment, then it can be very, very difficult to motivate them. But 
if a student and a family wants to be online, they're motivated to succeed online, they're motivated to contribute to that community, then all the rest falls into place. You know, we really sort of see the magic of our school happen when we have the students who want to be there, these phenomenal students, the teachers who want to be there, and we bring them together. And it just, it becomes a really special learning environment for those for those people involved. Well, you know, we've talked about the silver linings coming out of the pandemic and how online learning has become far more embraced as such a strong educational platform. But I'd love to ask from you, obviously there is still a lot of debates going on about online learning. As we said previously, we've shifted how people feel about online learning, but there's still some debates out there. Can you talk about any one or two points that often come across your plate about the debates around online learning? Gosh, I mean, I think one of the biggest debates in online learning right now is one which is impacting education everywhere. And that's how, as educators, do we grapple with artificial intelligence? How do we, um, you know, allow students to use these phenomenal tools as tools? How do we recognize that artificial intelligence will be a part of their lives, likely into adulthood? But how do we also protect them? How do we ensure that our assessments are authentic? How do we ensure that they are using integrity when they complete essays and um, and assessments? You know, the, the ways that we have traditionally evaluated how much students are learning. And I'll say that this is a debate which in a discussion which all of us are having and all of us are grappling with. And I am interested to see how it takes shape over the next three to five years. Yeah, that's a great one. I also think, you know, one of the debatable topics out there is access. And obviously, you know, certain countries, certain areas of the world have access to great internet, great online options, but then others don't. So I do think there is this debate of like uh, equity and how do we ensure that people are getting access to great education. But equally, I would say on the flip side of that, and whether you agree with me or not, there's great potential there for areas of the world or for these students that are looking for alternate ways to access education, that all of a sudden we have something that could really work, whether it be in places that are under incredible challenges, displaced students from natural disasters or facing wars and those types of things to other areas around the world that are looking for different. I know that you deal with this because you have such a variety of students in Dwight Global Online, correct? You know, absolutely. And it is, I would say it's such a core part of our mission and such a core part of what motivates our faculty is thinking of how do we reach these students? Um, How do we bring to them the type of educational experience that they are very much looking for? And how do we assist the schools and their communities, the educators and their communities, as well as learn from them as we are all becoming more interconnected. And from the beginning of online education, even going back to the 90s, I think particularly educational pioneers really saw the potential for that access. And the technology so far hasn't quite been there, but 
as the technology gets better, as more people have access to, to Wi-Fi and computer technology, there are just more opportunities to really connect students um, who have not been able to access a, you know, a fantastic bricks and mortar school using online education. And while that's perhaps not a debate, it's a problem. And it's something that we are all dedicated to and putting our heads together in terms of how do we really work together to make this technology work for everybody? Yeah, I'm really excited about the the pathways for how online learning can fill a lot of gaps and holes that have existed in education for a long time globally. So I think it's a really interesting, and as you said, it's not necessarily a debate, but it's a very strong discussion as we continue to build and offer those online opportunities to so many different students. I know that parents often ask us too about how in an online setting do we ensure that we're supporting faculty in their careers with professional development, collaborative practices with other teachers? Can you talk a little bit about how you as a head of school through Dwight Global Online ensure that we're really making robust opportunities for a growth mindset for teachers and that they are really seeing their their work as a career, not a job, uh, and that we, how meaningful it is that we do that for online teachers. You know, it's just incredibly meaningful. And in so many ways, it is the secret to a successful learning community. We have been lucky at Dwight Global in that our educators are tremendously committed and dedicated. They love teaching online. They love connecting with our students. They love innovating and making our school better year on year. We do a variety of things, just as a, a great bricks and mortar school would do. We intentionally bring our teachers together. Um, that's regular meetings. It's regular professional development meetings. It's meetings within our community. And it's also meetings outside of our community. Um, as you know, as a school in the Dwight Schools Network, we are incredibly lucky in that we have educators in schools all around the world. And our online teachers are able to benefit and from collaboration and sharing. We bring them together in person and they communicate with their peers from all around the Dwight schools. And there's just a tremendous feeling of collaboration and sharing best practices, which is really just, just the ethos of that. One thing that we do, and I know some of our online peers do it, is that our teachers come together. We bring them together at our Dwight campus in New York. They have the opportunity to come a couple of times a year. And not only do they meet with students during those times on campus, but they also meet with each other and they build those, you know, those personal face-to-face -face relationships that I think um, all of us know are incredibly important to supplementing an online relationship. I do think the other advantage that Dwight Global has is that you have a breadth of teachers from across the world which we, some bricks and mortar schools may not have that diversity of teacher knowledge, experience, cultures, faith, all of those types of things that come together to really enrich student experiences. That is a fantastic point. And I will say we also learn from our parents. Um, we have a fantastic parent community based all over the world. And there really is nothing more enriching than bringing them together, bringing them together with our teachers 
and just having that ability really to learn from a global community. And that's what online makes possible. Right. Can you talk a little bit, because again, I think we often get this question as people are considering online learning or wanting to know more about it, but how are the trends going in regards to students in their last years of online learning and the college application process and how universities and colleges around the world are now considering, accepting, looking at online learning. I can imagine that they are going through the same transition that the rest of us have gone through. Um, Perhaps at one time having skepticism, but being more embracing of online education. And um, our students, our graduates have really had phenomenal college results. Of course, many gaining admission to some of the most selective colleges um, in the United States. But what's more important for us as educators is is not just those most selective colleges, um, but the colleges that are really right for them, the colleges that were their first choice, where they felt would be their educational home after high school. And I'll say that one thing that we have seen is that students do get more flexibility online. And when students are able to use that flexibility to develop um, a passion or an interest, you know, to really create an interesting narrative um, about how they've um, been able to develop themselves in a certain way or have a certain impact on the community, that can be very impressive to colleges. And so I'll say that, you know, it, it can be a benefit having that additional flexibility. I would so agree with that. And in the same way previously we were talking about the shift that teachers or parents or students have made in their general understanding of online learning, so has that happened at university and colleges. And again, another silver lining out of the pandemic was that these institutions were indeed forced to sort of like see actually how strong and robust online learning can be. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about was what do you see as the future of online learning? I think we all agree that technology changes so quickly, but what are you seeing? What are the the areas that you're seeing growth and change in in regards to online learning in the next few years? You're mentioning technology, I think, is one of the ways where we will see a big change when we were forced throughout the time in online education, we grappled with how do we do science labs? How do we really replicate some performing arts and visual arts? And now with virtual reality and with augmented reality, there is so much potential to use that technology to really simulate experiences and create completely different experiences that students wouldn't have had before. For example, our students in our IB Diploma Program biology class, they use their virtual reality goggles to manipulate um, a model of a human heart and to actually look inside the heart and to step inside the heart. And, um, you know, this is just one of the ways that technology can be really used in an innovative way to impact the student experience. And I think there are so many bright minds thinking in that direction that we will continue to see layer upon layer and improvement upon improvement. It's really exciting to see what teachers are coming up with 
when particular technology and apps and all of these different things are at their ability to access and to see students really throwing themselves into these great opportunities, I think that that is just going to continue to grow exponentially. And I think it's a really exciting journey for us to see what what happens. But you're absolutely right. You know, those virtual reality options, the ability to really robustly do subjects that people had never conceived before in an online setting, the arts and and so on. Uh, It's a really exciting next generation of online learning that's sort of already starting right now. Kind of totally switching gears. I would also say a lot of thought is being given to the sphere of social and emotional learning. And the Dwight ethos, as you know, Deanne, has been so focused on developing that whole child. And that is something from the beginning that we intentionally focused on and intentionally said, well, you know, this is going to be a a critical and integral part of our school community. So just as you would have in a, a fantastic bricks and mortar school, we have clubs, we have student competitions, Um, We have leadership opportunities. We have opportunities for students to plan assemblies and to do community service. We have opportunities for them to work with deans. We have a, a, a robust college counseling team, work with college counseling to really start planning your life after Dwight. There are mentors at every level of the school. And we have a lot of school pride. You know, that's something that we quite also intentionally instilled within our school. We have traditions at Dwight Global. You know, our seniors look forward to kicking off the first day of their senior year every year, just as they look forward to coming in person at Dwight School in New York City to graduate. And our students have a yearbook. They have an opportunity to go to in-person prom. And they come away with a lot of those memories and foundational experience that all of us so, you know, enjoyed so much uh, when we were in school. This is something that we have thought about quite a bit at Dwight Global and really committed ourselves to doing as best as we possibly can. And it's an area that everybody, of course, cares quite a bit about. And in the next few years, I would expect to see quite a bit of innovation in this area online. Well, I know we're getting close to the end of our time, Louisa. I'd really appreciate from you if if you could just highlight what you think are the most important benefits to online learning for those who are listening in today. If you had to narrow down to a couple of particular points, what would you say are the most important areas of online learning that we discussed from today? I would circle back to the title of this podcast, Sparking Genius. I would say online education has the ability to be tremendously personalized. So for a student who has a unique interest or a unique talent or a unique situation, online education is not the least bit cookie cutter when done in the way that we do it at Dwight Global. And there is tremendous potential to really allow those students to pursue their sparks and genius and really succeed and design their course of action and the course of their life in a way that perhaps we had not imagined before online education came along. So I would say that's first and foremost the primary benefit. And then a second benefit is just that relationship with teachers. 
I wouldn't have expected this, but I hear again and again that our parents are so pleased with how close their students become with our faculty and the level of feedback that the students are able to receive. And, you know, I think it, again, just goes back to that element of of personalization, which is really possible online if used in a certain way. Online education really brings the world to students wherever they are, whether they're on a tennis court or they are in a theater where they are have just gotten off of a rehearsal or they're in their home or perhaps they are unwell. Online education has the potential to bring the world to students. And that is, of course, the most exciting thing about this technology and this mode of education. Louisa, look, thank you so much for joining us today and showing and your passion for online learning and talking to us about, you know, the absolute breadth of options that online learning can give not only students and their families, but also teachers who are looking for different ways to really access their learning toolkit for for school skills. But again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much, Deanne. That's all the time we have for this episode. I want to extend a huge thank you to our guest, Louisa Childs, for joining us today to discuss the exciting world of online learning. And thank you for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating or a review, and please tell a friend. This has been Sparking Genius from the Dwight Global Network of Schools. I'm Deanne Drew. Until next time, stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Amaze Media Labs.